Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation where you can find podcast interviews and content on a variety of subjects, including football, mental health, films, TV, conspiracy theories, wrestling, and pretty much anything you find. Uh, you can find today's guest on Fightful Post pay-per-view shows, Fightful Select, reviewing NXT, NXT UK, and his own YouTube channel. I'm very happy to welcome Mr. Warren Hayes to the show. Welcome, Mr. Hayes. Well, hi, hello, Jason. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure's all mine. So No, just... no, it's all mine. Trust me. <laughs> it's all mine. So people might be a bit confused for those who didn't see me do Fightful shows with, um, with Sean Rassap. Uh, so Warren's calling me Jason because uh, the, one of the ladies from Fightful, uh, Melissa, uh, I sent her a tweet, and she called me Jason, and uh, we kind of just rolled on from there yeah. and made fun of her because it said Simon at the top of the tweet, so it was like, yeah, so that just so no one's confused anyway. Yeah, that's the gist of it. I I I figured I'd I'd, I'd stretch that one out, give it a little, little, breathe a little more life into it as we go along here because it was oh, still very funny. Yeah. Hopefully, you're listening, Melissa. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I just tweet her every now and again. It'd just be every so often. Hi, Jason here. Or if I send something to Bible Select, I always sign it off as Jason. You know, don't want to let her live it down ever. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've got a YouTube channel where you review WWE trick. How, uh, how, when did that get started? Um. Well, I, I, I started doing the, the, the podcasting thing close to a year as to when we're recording right now. We're recording at the start of, of May. Um, and um, uh, last year, basically, I was, uh, I was just scouring wrestling Twitter and doing stuff. And I, was actually, I had actually started writing over on the, uh, on the uh, Daily DDT, on the uh, fan-sided network. I was writing uh, articles over there, wrestling, of course. And um, and at some point, uh, I I see in my Twitter timeline, I just see Sean Ross app popping up. He pops up and he requests. He says, "Hey, would anyone be interested in joining me to do a retro pay per view review over on uh, on Fightful Select? DM me." Like so, I see it pop up and I'm like, "Yeah, sure," you know, kind of thing. And so I just respond to him right back and I said, "Sure, I, I'm good. I'm good to go." And he writes me back. He says. Okay, cool. Do you have a decent mic? I'm like, yeah, sure. I do. I have a decent mic. I didn't have a decent mic. <laughs> um, so, so I, I just went went out to a store, got a decent mic, uh, and did the um, did that one with Sean. It was a lot of fun. Sean said, you know, I'll, I'll invite you back. Well, you know, I, I, this was fun. Uh, we had a good time. Why don't we do it again? So and then the ball just got rolling, and I'm like, "Well, why don't I? Why don't I do this on on my own time? Why don't I do this myself as well?" Um, and that's essentially how I started uh, setting up a YouTube channel. I actually used to do when I started, as opposed to what I do now. When I started, I would record. I'd actually just record my thoughts and do minimal editing, and then upload the video. Whereas now I 
I, I, I stream live. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's basically, that's essentially how I got started. If, uh, if Sean had not like given me the bug, uh, yeah. to, 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 to get out there and create content, uh, I'd probably be mowing my lawn right now. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, it's funny because I'm in a similar boat in that I always quite fancy doing a podcast on football or soccer to you guys but uh, um also I'm okay I'm okay with I actually prefer calling it football because it, that's actually what it is it is football right when you know it's like american football are you kidding me it's more like run with ball you know <laughs> it's more that's more catch it's catchy run ball that's what it is <laughs> so yeah so i was always like on the lookout for something to do and then i was thinking oh, i'm going to do it I'm going to do it. And then I thought I wouldn't mind doing the wrestling thing. I was obviously watching like Fightful and stuff with Sean, watching all their stuff. And I was like, I would like to do that. And then I never quite got around to doing it. It was always like, oh, I'd like to do it, but this and that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Fightful Select came around and I ended up doing those couple of shows with him on that. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. I like this. It's something I'm interested in. And I spoke to a few people, including Sean, and just sort of said, you know, what do I want to do? And I said, well, everyone I spoke to said, whatever you do it on, whether it's football, wrestling, mental health, whatever it is, just talk about stuff that you know about. So if you know if you know lots about football, you know lots about wrestling, then go for it. But don't try and go out too far outside of your knowledge base, which I've tried not to. He says that I've, I think at the moment I've done about like this thing. This is number fifteen, and there's like all sorts. There's like interviews with an actor, and there's wrestling ones, and there's conspiracy theory ones. So I I say I listened, but I didn't really. I just did everything. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, it's so easy these days to just like pick up a microphone and do something. So. Like, there's no real reason to not just try something out, you know? Because maybe that's what you're doing right now. You're like, you know, there's so much stuff I just want to talk about. I'm going to I'm gonna try stuff out, and I'm going to talk about it. And, then, and ultimately, it's like you'll see what sticks. Not necessarily what sticks with the audience, but what sticks with you. Because eventually, you know, eventually, you know, I, I started, you know, I started talking about uh, about Raw, about SmackDown, then moved on to NXT, you know, doing stuff for Fightful Select. And... And, and and then, you know, you, you see, you basically find your voice and you find what you're good at. And to me, it's whatever makes you really, really passionate, whatever you're able to speak about with, with heart, even if you're not like, like, I don't consider myself to be an encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. There are people out there who just baffle me where they'll be like, where I'll talk about something and I'm like, hey, like, uh, you, you know, man, uh, 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 um, uh, Trent Seven has a fantastic lariat, you know, it, 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 oh yeah, and then someone will go, yeah, but I saw Stan Hansen g- give uh, a Magnum TA this uh, lariat back in 1982, and I'm like, holy hell, you know, so I, that's the kind of stuff that I'm not, that I'm, yeah. that just goes above me, it's, it's above my pay grade, but, you know, uh, I do love wrestling enough to to be able to talk about it with passion. Uh, I watch enough to have opinions, and opinions doesn't necessarily necessarily mean you're right either. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, and it's just just a question. There's also the question of being able to connect with people, being able to just be able to share um, your passion and what you talk about, what you what you love, and have a sort of retroaction back. Which is why it's so much fun to do the live streams. Because it boggles my mind that there are people who who come after Raw, after SmackDown, and come to my live streams and hang out in the chat rooms and talk, and I and I can interact with them, interact with them on Twitter. Then after that, just to me, it's it it it's part of the reason why you do it. But when it happens, because you do do it because you do want some kind of interaction, because you do want to have a a discourse and exchange with people. But then when it does happen, it well to me anyway, it's it floors me. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, on one hand, this is what I wanted, but on, on the other hand, I don't understand why this is happening. You know, it's a, it's a weird combination of both. Yeah, I think 
one of the things which you said then, or not one of them, but one of the things which sticks with me there is is finding your voice because um, obviously for me it was like like almost like a build up of I want to do this and then I oh, I can't and I want to and I've got like a few health problems as well so that I always use that as an excuse so then I sort of would be like one week I'd be like yeah I'm going to do this and then the mm-hmm. next week it'd be like no I'm not going to do it and then eventually I did one. And I did it to so the first show we did, we did I did it with um someone I'd met on Twitter uh, about ADHD because my eldest son's got ADHD. So I knew not I don't know a massive amount about it, but I knew, like I said, that I'm passionate about it. I knew I had opinions on it and I wanted to talk to someone else mm-hmm. similar opinions, or not even similar opinions, but similar interests. And one of the biggest things I found, so before I sorry jumping back and forth with it. Before I did that interview, I put out a video about a week before, which was just me talking, saying, this is the channel, this is what it's going to be. One of the biggest things for me, I recorded that video, it was only like, probably think three or four minutes long. Mm-hmm. I recorded it about 20 times because I didn't like the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. Really, I couldn't get used to it, sounding different. So I kept recording it, I kept recording it, and in the end, I just thought, no, I'm just going to do it. And I had like quite good feedback from people, generally just friends. So I thought, right, I'm going to do it. So I contacted this Jacob on Twitter, and I did the show. And I didn't expect anything really from it. I expected like 10 views, and that's it. Because mm-hmm. the majority of the people who were subscribers at that point, or it's, you know, even now, are people who I've met or know or friend of a friend of a friend, because I've, I've only been going, I think, three weeks, maybe, four weeks. So once I got past the voice thing and the sound of my own voice, it was then a case of, right, this is what it is. I need to kind of get it to people outside of my sort of circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, circle. And that was tricky, i got to say. Because, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because I... I haven't necessarily had a problem getting views on the video, like not like thousands, but like the majority of my videos now have all got between about 50 and 200 views, 250 views, sorry. But I find it difficult to get those views to subscribe to the channel Mm -hmm. on YouTube, which is really weird to me because when I go into YouTube, if I watch a video and I'm, as you do, you go down the rabbit hole of, uh, of YouTube sometimes, if I start watching something and I enjoy it, I tend to subscribe. But I think that's just because I've got into the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. So trying to find that balance has been a bit weird. But yeah. And, yeah. It's a challenge for everyone. And it's, you know, especially when it comes to wrestling podcasters, you know, um, you know, just like I said, since, you know, technically all you need is a microphone. It doesn't even have to be a quality microphone. You can you can podcast with just about anything. And I'm a firm believer that the more voices that are out there, the better. I think it's important to have a diversity of people talking about one same subject um, because there's a diversity of people uh, out there who may not respond uh, in the uh, in the same fashion or won't be compelled by a certain type of content because they're looking for something else. Um, so uh, in that end, since there's a lot of people, like I don't know how it is in other with other topics, with other cultural topics, but man, there are wrestling podcasts everywhere. There's, I think there's like, there's gotta be like 50 a day that launch, you know, it's, it's nuts. So, so on one hand, you know, I'm like, I do believe that more voices equals better and it's good for everyone. And I also think that we're, we're all, when we wrestling, wrestling podcasters, content creators, we're all in a level of coopetition, you know, where, where, you we all sort of have to work to promote each other because if we if we if we elevate each other everyone benefits we're all struggling to get the same level of mind share which is already very it's a sliver right it's so small already we're all struggling to just get a bit of mind share so everyone sort of props each other up now to where we're, i'm saying this because i'm coming to to meet you on your point when you're saying you know well i'd like to be able to reach out of People I know, friends, family, baby, da doop. The what's really difficult for wrestling podcasters is to get people who don't already have a podcast to listen to what they're doing. 
so it's the same thing. It's like I'll I will listen to I'll listen to Smart to Death. I'll listen to uh, to the Fightful stuff. I'll listen to Speeds in the Benchmark. Um, uh, I'll listen to uh, No Particular Angle. Those are just off the top of my head, like that. Omega Luke. Uh, I'll listen to all those great folks. But like I'm like I'm a content creator. So so on one on one end, you know, it's cool that I'm listening, and it, it and and it's good for them because you know they are getting listen. You know, they're getting listens. They're getting downloads. I can chat with them about their content and whatever but i know that as content creators we do want just listeners we don't want we we just want people who will subscribe who will listen to your content and they don't have anything to they don't have anything else than just enjoying your content they're not in there for any other reason just then you know what i like this guy i like this girl i'm gonna go for it you know so that's the um so you know, it, it makes sense to me what you're saying there that you'd like to be able to branch out of it, but I honestly, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge for everyone. Yeah, and the thing is, I think, like you said, it's so easy to do, and like at the moment, I'm still going. I'm using my phone as a webcam because it's better than the webcam on my laptop and some headphones. God, yes, I'm sure it is. Webcam, <laughs> laptop webcams are. Terrible. Well, do you know what? I, the first one I the first one I did I did on Google Hangouts, and I sort of logged into the laptop, and I was like, "Oh yeah, looks good." And then the second uh, Jacob came in, the guest came into the chat, he just went, Woof, and it was like watching an eighties TV, and I was just like, oh, "I can't <laughs> be doing that for much longer." So yeah, I switched it over a bit, and as it were, like. Like obviously Skype have only recently brought in this thing, which makes it really easy to record on Skype. Yeah, yeah. So particularly for ones where it's not live, it's just easy. Go on Skype, press record, and away to go. I think, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So it's really easy to do in terms of getting started. But because it's easy, there's so many people. Everyone's got a YouTube channel. It's yeah. amazing. If you go on Twitter... Everyone's got a YouTube channel, which is great. I think it's great that it's easy and it's accessible, but it just means that there's only so many people watching YouTube at the same time. And the people like your, your I don't know, like your Logan Pauls or whoever, who've got three million, mm. four million people, they get shunted to the top of all the search. So even if, like, if me or you had, uh, or if you say, because you've got like more subscribers than me, so say, if you had a video titled the same thing as Logan Paul, exactly the same word for word, with the same tags, and the same everything, if Joe Bloggs goes and types it into the search bar, his goes up there, and yours will be somewhere in the middle, which is the only way to get past that sort of algorithm is to get up there in subscribers, which I think. Makes well, it very I mean, difficult, doesn't it? Well, it, it, from from my understanding, the subscriber count does help, but you know, um, YouTube also uh, counts a lot, counts engagement a lot. I've rec- I've I'm able to pull up my my stats, and I'm I'm able to make a correlation on the 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 number I views I get with the number of thumbs up slash comments I get on a video. So. The videos that get higher thumbs up, especially while I'm while I'm live streaming, will be recommended more because you're the YouTube stats are really, really good for the for, you know, identifying where your traffic is coming from, what the source is. So my so it's if you're if your engagement, if, if, if your watchers, your community thumbs up videos, they leave comments, you will be more easily recommended. Because YouTube's video, uh, YouTube's algorithm will be like, hey, you know what? Uh, apparently this guy, uh, apparently a lot of people like this. You know, for for a, um, oh man, I forget, I forget the, 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 the stat, but I think like for a, for a video to be considered uh, by the algorithm, to be considered like very, very uh, uh, well-liked, engaged, a high level of engagement, you have to have like, 
four likes for a hundred views if my memory serves me right. So, so sometimes it doesn't depend on the number of, because they're all ratios ultimately. So it's not necessarily the number of subscribers. The number of subscribers will help because it will automatically boost up your engagement because if you have subscribers, they're more inclined to like your videos. So if you have a thousand subscribers versus a hundred, where you're likely to have more people thumbing up than, than the guy who has a hundred. But if you do have a video where you have a hundred views on it, but 22 likes, that means there's 22% of people who've watched your video who liked it enough to give it a thumbs up and Google will, YouTube will consider that and will be more inclined to add it in recommend in recommended videos or uh, up next, you know, whatever. Uh, that's, that's, that's how it works. And, and, and it even goes beyond views as well. Views is one thing, but duration is another thing as well. You can have one view, you know, a, a, a view is the minute the, uh, uh, the video starts, right? So you can have a view, someone stays five seconds and you still get a view, but you, you only got five seconds of, of view time. Yeah. The watch time in that. Exactly. The watch time. Exactly. So if, if you're, if. Uh, if your videos are being watched like at uh, 44, 45% of their length, YouTube considers that really, really good, you know? So, so there's all these things that mesh together. Subscribers are one thing, but, and this, uh, uh, this absolutely goes hand in hand with, with marketers, with, with their ad, with their ad campaigns, because at some point, you know, the advertisers were like, well, yeah, I mean, this guy has views, but I mean, no one interacts with his videos. You know, it's like, who is this guy? You know, kind of thing. Sure. He, he's got a hundred thousand subscribers, but he's got like two views on each video. I don't want my, I want to be, I want it to be seen. I want it to be, I want my, my, my video ad to be part of some, uh, to be viewed on a channel that has a lot of engagement. So that's why these things shifted to more like ratios instead of hard numbers. And it makes sense in a way as well. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> going back quickly to the subscriber thing is if you've got four million or some of the stupid ones like twenty million subscribers, which I baffles me. If you've got that many people subscribed to your video, and say fifty percent of them have got the bell clicked, so every time you upload a video, instantly they're in the comments, they're thumbs and up. You're always going to be at that upper echelon of the search and the recommended. Videos. Exactly, because I'm not saying that subscriber number isn't important because it is, but it's important because it influences the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't look at subscriber count automatically to say, well, this guy has 20 million subscribers, so let's push him up first. If, like, you could flip it around and say, you have this guy has 20 million subscribers, but 17 million of them are hate watchers, you know? Who just downgrade? Who just downvote everything he does? Well, his video is not going to end up in recommended if it's being thumbs down all the time. It's interesting. So, so did you find when you were doing? Uh, so you used to do recorded videos, and then you switched to the like the live streams after Raw or SmackDown or whatever. Did you find? that the amount of comments you'd get on a recorded video were the same or similar amounts to live? Or do you think that as soon as it's live, it just went up to yep. another level? Yep. <laughs> live changed everything. Because that interests me, you see, because when I first started, in my mind, I was going to go live more often than not. And then somewhere in between that, I've changed to recording. Some of it's due to like time constraints sure. or some of the, like, like with a couple of them, like the mental health ones, which I did. I spoke to, like, I spoke to a guy about his, like, the grief and depression and, and some addiction he'd been through, which is obviously an emotional subject. So, what I didn't want to do was do a live and then him say something that he didn't want to say or he didn't want out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. For his, benefit as you know as much as mine like because it was a very you know it was emotional it was it's a motive subject it was about death and grief and he had a particularly heartbreaking story but i don't know when i made that change from initially thinking i'm going to be i'm going to do most shows live 
because obviously, like I said, a lot of the influence for me going into it came from the likes of you and Sean and a bit of wrestling ink. Whisper that. You know, the wrestling ink of, uh, guys and girls are fine. They're, they're great people. Raj yeah, is a great I, guy. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only playing. He's a, he is a cool dude, actually. I've spoken to him a couple of times on Twitter. And, um, but yeah, and Kelsey's so there too. Kelsey as well. Uh, as well. Yeah. She does stuff over at Wrestling Inc. She's fantastic. Yeah, what, what, they're, they're good podcast, people. Yeah, just because just, just because I'm hanging around Fightful doesn't mean I don't I don't I, you know yeah. I'm not at war with everyone else. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. No. So yeah, I'm I don't know much. when I made the change from I'm going to do the majority live to everything being recorded. I think I probably will switch back because like you and a couple of other people I've spoken to have said if you go live you'll get your people who are subscribed but also you get people who just scour YouTube for live particularly if you're talking about a particular subject mm-hmm. if you they're searching for it and it comes up as live so my obviously my problem in terms of what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to sort of, when I talk about wrestling, for instance, I didn't want to do review Monday, review Tuesday, review Wednesday, because that's just the, that's kind of like like what you do and what Fife will do and, you know, a lot more bigger accounts do. So I wanted to do something different. Right. So the guy who I was supposed to be doing it with uh, was all set. And we were going to, what we were going to do is we were going to do like one on a Thursday sometime and just review the TV and the news of the week type thing. So mm-hmm. It would be like an hour and 15 minutes and just talk about everything in one, just so it's something slightly different. However, the week before we were going to start, I had it all ready, I had all the news, all, and he just said, no, I can't do it. I can't commit to it. And so he let me down. So I'm now in this position where I did a WrestleMania preview on my own which mm-hmm. is all right but i think it's difficult i i don't know what you think about this i found it difficult when it was just me in a recorded video i think it's different if you're in a live chat but when it's just you just talking to a camera i found that i was not i wouldn't lose my train of thought necessarily because i had what i needed to you know cover and everything but i just found you almost get fed up with the sound of your own voice Mm-hmm. But I suppose if you're doing uh, like a live one, it's a bit easier because you've got people to interact with as you're going along. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest that that's the biggest thing. Uh, the biggest difference is just knowing that there's people there and 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 listening and joining. That it's it's definitely a motivational factor, you know, because you carrying a show by yourself. And I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but. It's it's hard, <laughs> you know. It's not it's not easy, especially since you want to, uh, especially if you want to do like something like an hour. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you sort of have to think highly of yourself to a certain yeah. degree. You know what I mean? To to be able to to say to yourself, you know, I can be I can sustain an audience for an hour all by myself. There's something very, very cocky, you know, about doing that. But like anything, you give it a try, and that's why it's one of the reasons why um well actually the main reason why i went why i decided to go live is because i had i, I did a preview show last fall i had uh chris spizak of the spies and benchmark show come on and we recorded the we recorded the show and then the the file got corrupted and they couldn't use it so i was like well screw this i'm going live from now on that way you know i won't lose any files in the process and it's been smooth sailing since but like um but I mean, this always depends on the format and it de- depends on the people. Uh, you know, uh, good example. I work with, uh, I work a lot with, uh, Kristen Ashley on the division podcast for fightful, uh, Chris, uh, Kristen, Kristen likes the panel 
uh, likes the panel format. She uh, she prefers to do that. She prefers to have direct interaction with people. So she likes to have two people there. And she 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 prefers to do the recorded bits as well, because if ever something goes off rails, if ever something you know, if there's ever something that we could tweak afterwards or just edit out or you know maybe save as extras, she prefers that vision of it as well. She doesn't necessarily see in in her vision of her show. She doesn't necessarily see the the uh, the need or the value of of doing it live when you have three people uh, discussing about topics in a sort of a roundtable format. So I, I mean, you know, there's no. Uh, and by the way, listen to the division on Fightful podcasts, of course. Uh, I already do. <laughs> there, well, there you go. Uh, thank you. Um, but but that's it. I mean, it's, so it's all a question of what you want to do, and you have to do stuff that plays off of your strengths. You know, I've had experience in the past, talk, you know, public speaking, talking in front of people. I've done, I've done some uh, some theater work. I've done uh, in improv as well. So you know, there's there's things to me talking in front of people all by myself isn't necessarily it's not a challenge for me. Yeah, uh, being interesting is a challenge, but talking in front of people—that's that's not a problem in and about itself. And again, that's that's something that's something Kristen can attest to. That you know, m- me being interesting is a challenge. <laughs> no, so I mean, yeah, I think it's like if you've got three people, or yeah, three. If you've got like three people, you're less likely to pay attention to the live chat because you've got three people talking well, then again it depends it depends if you if we if, if we look at uh, if you look at uh, uh spies and spies and benchmark or or the smart to death guys you know there there there's two of them so uh, all the opposite especially in chris and and silky's case they um they take the time to look at the chat you know you do have a breather like when I do it, I actually have like I have to turn and I'm like, oh, let's see what the chat is talking about. And then I sort of read some stuff off because I'm not reading as I'm talking. I'm talking to the camera. So then I have to sort of look off to the side and look at the camera. And then there's I try to not create as much uh, too much downtime, but sometimes it's inevitable. Whereas Chris uh, on Speeds and Desmar, Chris will be reading the chat while Silky's giving some commentary. And then Chris will just smoothly transition and then be like. Oh, so and then so on the chat said this and that and so on and so forth. Same thing with uh, with Kyle and Anthony over on Smart to Death. So I mean, it depends. I mean, you can still get that interaction, and in some ways, it's a little easier because there's a way to there's a way to share the the responsibility. You know? Yeah, definitely. I think um, so. I'm going to do a <clears throat> like a an end of season football review uh, after next weekend when the Premier League finishes. So I might test the waters and do me and a couple of other people and might just do it live. And it goes off the rails. It goes off the rails. Sure, sure. And I mean, that's, that's the beauty and danger of live stuff. And, you know, one of the things I, that, you know, now, now that you mentioned it, that's, you know, that's important. When I was talking about coopetition earlier, you know, I think that the idea of, of collaborating with others is, is crucial to helping helping you reach out to new audiences and find new people if i hadn't been if i hadn't uh if i hadn't done fightful first and foremost um i don't think that uh there'd be that much of a mr warren hayes thing going on um same things goes you know like uh, um, Spies in the Benchmark, they've invited me on the show, Anthony as well, we do a lot of stuff together, there's a lot a lot of possibilities to collaborate John from um, uh, No Particular Angle and Kristen as well with, with the division and so on so I mean there's a lot of stuff there's really the, uh, working with others first of all it's it, it, it just it creates relationships it's it's literally the equivalent of networking at your local uh, at your local uh, business uh, uh, business bureau, you know. Where you're like you you go into uh, to happy hour, you know. It's like uh, networking opportunities, and everyone's standing around with yeah. their with their cards, with their business cards, and said, "Hey, uh, I'm I work, uh, yeah, I work, and uh, we we create." Um, screws really really we 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 make nuts really well maybe at some point we should uh may put our screws and nuts together this is 
this could i hope no one ever takes that out of context because yeah. i am completely boned ah, and there you go I, another <laughs> they finish it off they, <laughs> there you go i'll just i'll just end it up. but that's the idea you know collaborating yeah, yeah. working with others it's that the idea of cooperation. If we were all struggling to get the the same attention from a very limited amount of viewers, but we do it in a way to sort of promote each other. And I really, really do believe that is that the more we can prop each other up, the better it is for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And at the end of the day, the way I look at it, um, so I had um, a guy called Ben came on last week to do uh, a football podcast and he's got his own football podcast which is quite successful for Cardiff City which is our local club so I asked mm -hmm. him to come on similar to you just come on for a little chat and then we'll talk some football or whatever um, and straight away after I put his show out I had an influx of not loads but like a few followers who from you know Cardiff City fans who'd seen it because he they recognized him they came straight on Right. You know, I mean, that's it. That, that, that's the thing. Let's let's be honest with each other. You know, one of the reasons why you collaborate with other people is because they have an audience. You're hoping that they have an audience that don't already know about you and that you can get you can mooch off of the, some of the attention. Right. I mean, if we're being completely, completely yeah. transparent, that's one of the reasons it's not the main impetus. Like if I like I, I want to. I like working with people that I have affinities with, that I get along with, that we, I have chemistry with. I wouldn't just like reach out to just about anyone just be like, hey, that guy, that guy has 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm going to try and work with them, especially if he's or she is, I don't know if I can swear, swear on your show or not. Go, go, go. If it, if I, they, I haven't. <laughs> if he or she is an asshole, you know, I'm not going to yeah. work with them if I, if I don't, if I don't get along with them, if I don't feel an affinity, I, I just won't. Um, but I mean, there is always that in the back where, you know, you want to be, you, you, you want to get yourself out there. You want your name to, to spread around. Well, the best way to break out of your silo is to, is to go into other silos or be invited into other silos. Then you can all swim around in the grain and stuff. And, and then you cross your hands that you don't choke to death under the, the dust, you know, like you the, come out with an extra the, finger. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because um, like I've obviously because I'm new, I'm been looking. At, I started off, or I'm start, it's still starting off with people who I know, either in real life or through Twitter or like yourself, or like just people from whoever, like Sean, people who I've got some sort of relationship with, whether it's over the internet or in personal, and mm -hmm. I get them to come on. And then a couple of them have sort of said, oh, I know someone who could might come on and talk about this or talk about that. And like, obviously, that's the way to go. And that's how you build those relationships. So I messaged some people. Some I like shot a bit too high. And I went for like, I messaged Tyson Fury's manager. You know, he's not going to come on my show. But I thought, what's the worst he can say? The worst he can say is yeah. no. Yeah. That's and that's literally actually, the worst thing that can happen. I thought, well, I didn't think he would respond. And I wanted to get him on, actually, to talk about mental health. Obviously, I've got a series going now of mental health podcasts on different subjects. And I thought he'd be a really interesting guy to speak to. And he's quite open about, you know, mental health issues and stuff. And uh, I didn't expect a response. But his manager responded to me and he said, Thank you very much. Uh, I obviously, as you can understand, he gets loads of requests, but I will show him a message and get back to you. And I thought, you know, Tyson Fury, like former world heavyweight champion, his manager took the, took the time to speak to me. So well, at that point, I he's got a very good manager. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he's absolutely. got a very good manager. <laughs> yeah, he um, so like. I messaged at that point. I had messaged like him, and I'd messaged a few other people who were probably, you know, they're outside of where I should be looking. Perhaps they're a bit more like Joe Rogan guests. But um, I messaged someone on YouTube who I watch. I watch their shows. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to jinx it. But I messaged this person on YouTube. I watch all their videos, 
and I messaged him and I said, look, I've started this new podcast, this, this and this. Would you be interested in coming on for like a little interview chat? And then I added on the end. Also, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast on the subject which he does his videos on. If you'd be interested in doing that once a week, once a month, didn't expect him to respond because he's got, I don't know, 50,000 subscribers or something way, way out of my region. And uh, he messaged me back and he said, yep, yeah, love to. And I was That's like, fantastic. Oh, great. But, so I don't want to jinx that. Uh, but yeah, but like, but no, but what I, the point I was making is that is the worst someone can say to you is no, unless they're a real nasty piece of work. Mm-hmm. So like, I've tried to look at it from that point of view and just, I always, I'll always tag in whoever I message. I'll say, this is the show's Twitter. These are the shows we've got out there so they can have a look if they want. Um, very few people have ignored me. Most people will say, you know, mo- I've got to be honest, the majority have said, yeah, love to. I might not be able to do it next week, but I will do it. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleasantly surprised by that. But like you say, it's building relationships far and wide because at the end of the day, like, we all want people to come and watch whatever we're doing. There you go. Yep. So, so. Then, so how did the Fightful thing come about, like, going from just the, um, so you did <laughs> the retro things, didn't you? And then you went on to the Fightful Select. Was that just a gradual thing, which just well, came from? it's funny, because uh, this is how it happened. I was, so, you know, I had started doing the, 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 the retro reviews with Sean. We did a couple. And, uh. And I started my YouTube channel on the side, <clears throat> and Sean, 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 and I got, got along. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is fun. And I like no, I have no idea where Sean wanted to go with this. I had no expectations. And at some point, I'm watching one of the one of the Fightful's post Raw or SmackDown reviews. I don't know which one. All this, and Sean is there, and he's you know he's doing his usual plugs at the first and at first, you know, and he's like. Yeah, so Fightful Select, you know, and so on and so forth. And, you know, uh, you know, come join us. You know, we've got this and that. And uh, Mr. Warren Hayes there, who's uh, who does the retro reviews for me. And and I'm trying to find a way to get Warren Hayes to do more content for us. We're going to find... And I'm like, oh, this is the first I hear about it. <laughs> I, we hadn't, I just... I learned about it just at the same time as everybody else. Well, like, fine. So I picked up my DMs and like... Hey Sean, okay, what 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 do you have in mind, kind of thing? So that's basically, and then we brainstormed on what 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 we could do. You know, Select had place for an extra hour for me on 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 the uh, on the bill, and uh, and that you know uh, at first we were like, oh maybe we should do NXT. Oh, but does NXT have too much? Uh, NXT is just about an hour. Can you do an hour with just an hour of NXT? And we're like, well, why don't we combine two or five live in NXT? Oh, that's a great idea. And then we started combining. Um, then we started combining with the Mayan Classic. Now, now it's pretty much uh, 205 Live NXT and NXT UK. And by God, if I'm not, I I know Alex Pulowski is very jealous that I get to review those shows where oh, he yeah. gets stuck with Raw every week. So how you doing, Jeez. Alex? <laughs> you definitely got yeah. You got the the better end of that deal, I think, in you, terms of viewing. You got that right as far as quality. Yeah. Much more consistent on the upside, for sure. And the thing is, there's not that many. Like you say, there's loads of wrestling podcasts everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of Raw and SmackDown podcasts everywhere. But if you look around, there's not, there is some, but there's not many or not as many who review NXT and certainly not who review NXT UK, where it's folk, like a show focused just on that. And I think certainly appeals to me because I like to watch the show and then mm-hmm. I go and listen to you review it. Or if I watch Raw, I watch it in Monday morning because it's on in three o'clock in the morning, yeah? And I watch it and then I go and watch Sean and Alex mm-hmm. moan about it, how bad it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... So, do you, what do you think of uh, NXT UK at the moment? Oh, get, li- uh, what? good! Isn't it? 
I'm I look I'm I'm stunned with the amount of talent that they have there. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, They have, you know, it was the 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 last from 2017 into 2018. It was absolutely brilliant, brilliant of WWE to have positioned Pete Dunne and the Mustache Mountain Boys as the as the pillars of the of of the of uh, of the brand having them compete on main roster or in NXT had them put on ex- extraordinary matches so that when the brand would launch the american fans north american fans worldwide fans would know who at least who these three dudes are and how fantastic they are because they are three extraordinary wrestlers especially Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate who are crazy and i mean trans seven what is he? he's like in his 30s 30 what is he? he's like 33 yeah, 34 think... something like that i mean he this guy i mean he can still go he's amazing so all three of them together like it was i find it was a very long it was a i don't know how planned it was but it was really brilliant if it was like extend like if it was a multi-year thing that they had decided to create a slow build for the brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just based on those guys, it's fantastic. And then, you know, I, like I, I don't necessarily, I, I, I'd be lying if I told you that I'd listened to or religiously watched British independent wrestling before really getting into NXT UK. That'd be a ball face lie. But I did know, I did hear of, um, of many names who are there now, Zach Gibson, who's fantastic. He's uh, 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 Dave Mastiff, and then Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin. I get goosebumps every say every time I say his name. Jordan Devlin is one of my favorite contemporary wrestlers right now. Guy, he can do no wrong. But the guys is one thing, all right. Uh, and, and I mean, there's hits and misses. Like there's. There's Joseph Connors that I don't understand what I don't understand what the appeal is of Joseph Connors. I don't know why they're trying to push him. I I, I don't get it. Uh, Eddie, well. Eddie Dennis is a bit like that as well. I just don't quite get. But get but him. Eddie but Eddie Dennis has he has charisma. He can connect. He can he can yeah. be a heel. Joseph Connors has a there's a stoneness about him. There's something that doesn't translate, and he's. It's kind of it's kind of dull in the ring, but anyway, I, I don't want to get into I don't want to get into this right now. But to me, to me, the main attraction of NXT UK is the women's division. I cannot yes. believe how stacked that division is. And sure, we've got Tony Storm, and the world was introduced to Rhea Ripley over the course of the May Young Classic, and then NXT UK. And Rhea's because like she's a superstar, like she is a legend in. Uh, in the waiting right now. But then, then on top of that, you have Nina Samuels is there. You have Ginny. You have Z- Zia Brookside, who's, uh, you know, she's uh, on, uh, she's coming up, but she's got, she's just full of talent. You have uh, uh, Charlie Morgan, who's injured right now and hasn't been properly used on NXT UK, but that woman is fantastic. And then they recently added, added Piper Niven in there. Kaylee Ray. Uh, uh, and, and I'm forgetting someone critical, uh, but I mean, the women's division is so, so incredibly, Ginny, did I say Ginny? Did I mention Ginny? Ginny, Ginny, okay. said Ginny. Okay. Say. I mean, that is a breadth of talent that, that not even main roster can, can match right now. No. Honest oh, to no. God. There, I, there is right now. The women's division in NXT UK is the best assembly of talent, of women talent in the world right now. And I strongly, strongly believe that. They have too many outstanding, not just good, not just great, outstanding women there. They really do. Yeah, they've got so many that I wonder whether they will ship a couple over to NXT America, if you want to call it that. Well, which, which is like the, which is fine, which is fine because honestly, honestly, right now, because right now NXT 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 is kind of devoid of like really 
really top tier female talent. You have Shayna Baszler. That's fine. You have Candice LeRae that they're finally starting to push. And when she starts to shine, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, Um, because she is tougher than you. She's tougher than me. She's tougher than you. She's tougher than everyone. Um, Io Shirai is in the same boat. It's like let her let her uncork. Yeah, they feel like they haven't quite let go of those two. They've like they've shown you a little bit. And that's fine. And I'm and, and I'm okay because that's really it's it's w, it's NXT type of thinking. You know, you're gonna get some good matches, you're gonna get some exciting stuff, but then when you get to the takeovers, then you have the mind blowing stuff because that's what takeovers are for. And that's where and that's where the you just you, you just let them go, and that's fantastic. But I, look, and as as far as far as the as far as NXT UK to me, the draw, the real draw, outside of watching Pete Dunne, outside of having Ilya Dragunov coming in. Outside from all of that great stuff, outside from Marcel Bartel and Dave, uh, Fabian Aikner meshing as a fantastic tag team, outside from all that stuff, the draw is the women. Unquestionably the women. I feel like um, when they came up to Blackpool, as they came into that takeover Blackpool, I felt like the top couple of matches were really good and you but they're going to be good. They're quite hyped. But then I the, felt the like tag the team match was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. But I feel like it, it. The rest of the card was a bit didn't quite have the hype. But then since then, I feel like it's gone zoom, right up, and I feel like they've started to really get a bit of momentum going. I was amazed when Piper Nevin turned up because I everything I'd read everywhere said that she was going to AEW. So when she yep. turned up, I was really, really happy. And then yep. obviously uh, Walters aligned, haven't he, with the with the dudes from his. Were they in a stable in well uh, in Europe? He and uh, and Marcel Bartel when he was um, what's his name Axel Axel. Oh, I forget. Uh, I, I forget what his WXW name was, but he and Marcel Bartel were Mein Kampf, not Mein Kampf. No, that's the that's wrong. That's, 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 not that, it. <laughs> that's something else. No, but uh, Ring Kampf. Sorry, Ring that's, Kampf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a bit of shades of that that they're doing because Fabian yeah. Eichner wasn't around. Uh, but but it's the it's the same idea. <clears throat> um, and I thought and I think it's interesting. I mean, this is a spoiler, by the way, because it hasn't aired yet. Um, what was it? Yeah, it hasn't aired yet, but sorry, folks. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but the um, it, it's interesting because they had hinted at that a couple of weeks ago. Well, a few months ago now, when Walter first debuted, he ran into Bartel and uh, and Aikner, and Bartel was That's like, right. "You know, if you ever need someone to watch your back," and I'm like, "Ooh, la 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 la, this is this is getting good." Um, but um, uh, no, honestly, like Blackpool. I mean, you know, the first takeover wasn't fantastic either, right? It was no. good. That was fine. There was some good moments. We're not so good. Ma- you know, everyone's finding their footing. And these are all people who suddenly you're like, look, this is how you work the WWE style now. You know, this is how you're going to work for us. And they're used to working another way. So there's a lot of adaptation going on as well. I think that uh, WWE sees a great load of potential in Joe Coffey as, as a heel. I think Joe Coffey is fantastic he conducts himself like a superstar he's an incredible promo to but right now he feels like a like a late 1990s triple h to me you know where he's his potential he hasn't peaked yet his potential is still there he just hasn't reached that next level there because his i thought his match with pete dunn was good it was a good match but it was a little all over the place and I think it might have been, oh, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that Pete Dunne can have a good match, can get a good match out of anyone. Like, he's just that kind of special talent. So, you know, I, I think that there's part of that. Um, I think, uh, I also think that the, you know, I felt like Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley were holding a little back. It wasn't that quite yeah. as explosive as I was expecting. Um, but, uh, and, you know, Dave Mastiff and... Uh, like I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, to understand the appeal of Dave Mastiff, but he's, man, there are so many, uh, there are so many people 
on that card on that roster right now who deserve attention, especially the women. When I when I see when I see NXT UK pressing, doing their best to try and get Joseph Connors over, I'm like, yeah. cut it out. Just stop, stop and give um, give Nina Samuels the time to blow our fucking minds out because that's what she does for a living. The thing is, they could <clears throat> instead of giving us Joseph Joseph Connors, give us an undercard women's feud that's not about the title. This you've like you've named all those people. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see all of them in a feud with each other, whichever pairing you want to pair them off as, than Joseph Connors. So. And now I feel like WWE as a whole, WWE as a whole, that's the kind of one thing that they get. They, they just, they'll have the women's title match or the tag team title matches, but then they, they won't give you another feud. Yeah, but it, it's really and, and it's really weird how they do that with the women. It's like they're going to focus on, they're going to focus on a, a couple of women, but they won't build any other stars. And this is one of the problems that I, I'm convinced that they ran into when it was when uh, WrestleMania time ran, came along, and and they were like, well, you know, we have we have our top three women in one same feud, and you know, uh, uh, Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda. Who else is a credible opponent for Oscar then? You know, they they didn't have a credible, well built star outside of those three that they could put up against Asuka. And that's not on the talent's fault. It's not the talent's fault. It's not, not because Naomi or Sonya Deville or, uh, well, Ember Moon was injured, but it's not because, or, or Nikki Cross, it's not because they don't want to. It's not because they're not capable. It's because the booking, the booking is shit, <laughs> if we're being frank. Because they're just, they're just, uh, they, they're not, they're not building an undercard of women that they can then elevate credibly up to the this next level. Why did it take so long? I mean, like Lacey Evans right now. Yes, she's she hasn't properly wrestled a match outside of the Royal Rumble. She hasn't wrestled a match on main since being called up. And there you go, she's fighting Becky Lynch. But why do we feel like it's a credible match? Because they built her properly. And then yeah. Lacey afterwards whether she wins against Becky or loses, well, she's going to be considered a contender. She's going to be considered uh, an upper-tier lady that will be able to to elevate others. I mean, they weren't even able to put Sasha and Bailey, Sasha Banks and Bailey, in in a position of credibility outside of giving them tag team titles because they had screwed around with them so so long. They just, they, they cooled them off way too much. Yeah, and they've done it to so many people. Um, yeah. Have you got time for one last question? Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, Bray Wyatt, new gimmick. Mm. It's interesting. Mm. Will it work, though? That's I, Look, I'm going to be... T- I, this is right up my alley. Like, as far as, as, far as wrestling, wrestling goes, trying stuff out. Look, this is, what, this is the thing, right? It's, we all sit around as fans, as pundits we all sit around and we're like let's try something new give us something new wwe and they try something new and everyone's like what the fuck is this it's all over yeah every it's a try something new but not this well it's like dude but the thing here look bray wyatt is a he's an a-level performer and we have proof here look at how like he's always been able to convincing convincingly embody his character and even if he was giving the shittiest promos the the worst lines especially in the last in his last run before he got injured those were terrible promos he still managed to breathe life into them now look at him here he's got the he's got the 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 sweater vests on he's got the beret when he's painting his face is lit up. His eyes are round and, and, and gleaming. Tell me, not Jason, tell me that you're not excited to see the next Firefly Funhouse this Monday. Because you are. You are oh, looking forward to it. seeing it. I am, yeah. 
when and, I, and, I, got be, I was the guy who shit all over it. The first time I watched it, I tweeted Sean Rassap and I said, what the fuck is this? And everyone did. Like, I have, I have people, and they will, they will go nameless because I, there's a lot of people that I love here and I will not, I will not bury them unnecessarily on other people's show. I will bury them face to face. But there are people in DMs and came together and like, what is this shit? And whereas I was like, this is amazing. And this is what this is what I think. I think that Bray Wyatt, the character, is trying to he's trying to change. He wants to be a better person. He doesn't want to be a sociopath anymore. But it's driving him insane. He's going mad. The puppets, the the environment, it's all this cushy, this cushy mind, uh, uh, this uh, a mind uh, castle that he's created for himself to try and protect himself from his true feelings. But they're they're eking out. Just in the first episode that they gave us, you know, when he he had the moment where he lifted up his hands and they had the gloves. He, hurt heel and 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 the 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 picture sort of got twitchy and and yeah. distorted that was like oh okay so there's still darkness there he, last episode he was painting he was painting uh, in 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 ev- in inevitably he was painting the uh the the Wyatt compound that was burning with uh with um sister abigail inside right because that's that's the lore of the Wyatt family sister abigail died in a fire in the Wyatt compound so he's not he hasn't come to terms with his darkness. His darkness is trying to eke out. That's why the puppets all look so horrifying at the same time. The the rabbit what was his name? Rowdy Rabbit, I don't remember. Rambling Rabbit. Uh, Rambling Rabbit. That is the that is the most terrifying puppet he has right now. And it's amazing. So look, I'm a Bray Wyatt guy. I've always loved it from his Waylon Mercy lookalike to to now. I have always been a fan. He's he hasn't been properly utilized because creative doesn't understand how to get him across. Now you kind of feel like they do. And if he comes back out of this and becomes like the true agent of chaos that he is, we're in for a treat. He needs to have another run with the world title. It has to be more than a, uh, or any title, WWE title or universe, more than just a placeholder to give it, uh, to hand it over to Randy Orton to then lose it to Jinder Mahal. Fuck. Um, and, 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 and he, and, and hopefully he's got his hands entrenched in this, in the gimmick enough here. He's, he's pumping enough of himself into it. That creative and he can find that path that will lead us to Bray Wyatt in the ring. And a lot of people are like, well, how is it going to translate in the ring? You know, is he going to bring the puppets to the ring? First of all, I hope to hell he doesn't because otherwise it's going to turn into another situation with Legion of Doom and, and Rocco. I don't know if you remember that from the late 90s. Yeah. That, that was a disaster. That effectively killed Legion of Doom yeah. back then. Um, so, but I think these vignettes are just a setup to reintroduce us to a Bray Wyatt character who will still come out to the same bluesy uh, Bayou type music with everyone pulling out their, their cell phones and doing the fireflies and everyone will actually be excited to do it, you know, as opposed to just doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. I, I think we're going, it's a reintroduction. I don't think we're going to have Bray Wyatt in the ring in a bright red shirt being all happy and 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 giddy unless it's a slow progression to him becoming the like I said the agent of chaos that he should be. I'm looking so, forward to it. I dig it. Yeah, I dig I, this I angle. It's the only reason I want to watch. The um what I would I'm what I'm hoping they do is I am hoping that those puppets all represent characters who are going to be like his new stable. And I was hoping it was going to be Nikki Cross, Killian Dane, and Eric Young. Well, as you see, new little... maybe. See the way I see it. I see it as I see them as extensions of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, you know, there's, you know the 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 um, the uh, the vulture. Well, first of all, he you know follow the buzzards. It's part of his. Uh, that was one of his his taglines. 
is named Mercy. Clearly, Waylon Mercy. So that's one yeah. part of his character. Then you had uh, 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 Abby, who is the witch, Sister Abigail. That's another incarnation of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Ramblin' Rabbit. I think that this is a direct relation to the last few, the last twelve months of his uh, of his career before he was injured. Where uh, that's all he did. He just talked. Yeah. He just talked nonsense. It was rambling. So I think it's three. It's the three faces of Bray ultimately, and we're being we're we're creating a fourth. We're creating something new here. So we're acknowledging that this is where Bray Wyatt has come from. But we're creating something new out of it. I really feel, for the first time in a long time, I really feel that WWE are putting some thought into this, and that there's some real symbolism to it, <laughs> other than just, hey, hey, let's let's put a goofy looking rabbit puppet. No, the the yeah. the puppet represents his long winded rambling promo aspect that no one liked, and and that we were like, man, I wish he had something to do. I, re- yeah. As long as he wins feuds and his master plans work, it'll work. The character will work because he's talented sure. enough to do it. I could do a whole podcast just on Bray Wyatt. So it's just finding someone to talk to about it. There's a lot of people got sick of him. I did not see. I never got sick of him either. I got disappointed, um, but never sick. Yeah. Okay, guys. Be sure to uh, subscribe to Fight for Select catch Warren's NXT and NXT weekly uh, NXT UK weekly reviews. Uh, check out his Raw and SmackDown reviews on his YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is uh, Mr. Warren Hayes. That's yeah, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Exactly. Excellent. Um, where can the people find you on Twitter? It's really easy. Mr. Warren Hayes. That's MR, you know, the abbreviation. Don't write out Mr. All in yes. you'll just You'll just be wasting time. <laughs> Mr. Warren Hayes, and and thank yeah. you, thank you for having me on. Not Jason. This was a it was a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you inviting me. It was a good time. Thank you very very much. No problem at all, mate. And you can come on anytime you want. Uh, so thanks again, mate. Uh, I really appreciate it. I do really really appreciate it as well. Fine, you finding the time. Uh, thank you to the people who've watched watching. Uh, you can. Keep up to date on upcoming shows and content on at AceCast underscore Nation on Twitter. Follow and like us on Facebook. Subscribe to YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications. Cheers, guys. And thank you, Warren. Sports Social Podcast Network.